Welcome. In Parshas Emor, the Torah commands us to count the Yomer. That means that beginning the second night of Pesach, each night we are to count the day. We are to say, today is the first day of the Omer, the second day of the Omer, and to continue counting like this for 49 days until, at the end, on the 50th day, we will then have another Chag called Shavuos. Let us take a look at some of the Psukim at the end of Sfira Soimer. Perich of Gimel, Pasuk Tezayin. Admi Mochres HaShabbos HaShvi'is Tisperu. Until the day after the seventh week, meaning the seventh week of counting, you shall count. You shall continue to count. Seven days is one week, and then two weeks, and three weeks, until after the seventh week. So seven weeks is 49 days. And now I will read the Pasuk the way Rashi tells us that we can read it. Chamishim yoim, and then on the 50th day, v'hikravtem mincho chadasho l'ashem. On the 50th day, which we call Chagashuos, you will bring, you will present a mincha chadasha, a new grain offering to Hashem. What is this korban mincha that we must bring on Chagashuos? So the next Pasuk tells us what it is. from your settlements, meaning from Eretz Yisrael, Taviyu, you will bring, Lechem Tenufo, you will bring a bread which is going to be waved in front of Hashem. Shtayim, it's actually going to be two breads. Shnei Esreinim, they are, they consist of two Esreinim, two measures of flour. We once uh, said that a an Esnisarin is something like two or three liters of flour. Soilus Tihiena, they shall be of very fine, finely sifted flour. Chametz Teafena, they, sh- they shall be baked of chametz, which is unique amongst, um, or almost unique, certainly highly unusual amongst Minachis, that they should be made of chametz, but these were allowed to become chametz. Bikurim Lashem, these are first fruits to Hashem, because this is the first korban from the new wheat crop. And this is what is referred to by Chazal as Shtei HaLechem, because it's Lechem, and the Pasuk says you have to bring two of them. Pasuk Yudches. So on Chag you bring this grain offering of two wheat breads. Pasuk Yudches. V'hikravtem al HaLechem, and you will bring as a korban, I'm going to translate for the moment as al HaLechem, upon the bread, Shivas kivasim tamimim, seven um, sheep, seven lambs that are tamim, that are uh, whole, meaning unblemished, b'nei shana, who, which are in their first year of life. So seven sheep, ufar ben bakar echad, and one par ben bakar, one uh, bull from the from the herd, the elim shnayim, and two rams. Yiu oilol Hashem, they shall be a korban oila to Hashem, umin chasam v'niskehem, and also these animal korbanis are accompanied, each one by a mincha, and by nesech, by a wine libation. That's an accompaniment to the animal korban. Ishei, this is a fire offering, reach nichayach l'ashem, which will make a pleasing fragrance before Hashem. So you will bring Seven lambs, 
pay attention to the numbers. We will focus on them soon. Bring seven lambs and one bull and two rams. And now Pasuk Yudtes, Vasisem, Seir Izim Echad Lechatos, and you will make, you will bring as a korban, one Seir Izim, one goat, as a korban chatos, as a sin offering, and two lambs, which are a year old, meaning in their first year of life, as a zevach shlomim, meaning that uh, only certain special parts of the, of the animal will be placed upon the mizbech, the rest will be eaten by the kohanim. Okay, let's see Rashi. The first Rashi we're going to look at is, is on Pasuk Yud Zion, Pasik Yudches, pardon me, where it says, Vihikravtem al halechem. What does it mean you will bring these animals al halechem? Does it mean that you put the animal on top of the bread? So Rashi says, al halechem. Al halechem means biglal halechem, because of, for the sake of the lechem. lechem. It is an obligation for the lechem, meaning you're bringing the lechem, you're bringing the bread, you're bringing this these shtei halechem, together with that, because of that, you also have to bring the following animal korbanos. Let's continue. The next Rashi we're going to look at is on the last Pasuk, Pasuk Yud Tes, Vasisem Seir Izim. You will make a goat, meaning you will bring a goat as a korban chatas. Now, Rashi asks a question here. Yochol, could it be, or as it's often translated in yeshivas, I might think, Shiva sakvasim, that the seven lambs, vahasoir, and the goat, ha'amurim khan, which are stated here, haim, they are the same, shiva sakvasim vahasoir, ha'amurim b'chumish apakudim. I might say that they are the same seven lambs, and the same soir, and the same goat that are mentioned in the chumish apakudim. Chumish apakudim is a name for safer. Bamidbar. It is the Chumash, it is the one-fifth of the Torah that has Pekudim, that has a lot of countings in it. That's why it's called the Book of Numbers. In Sefer Bamidbar, in Parshas Pinchas, as we will see in Mir Sashem in a moment, the Torah tells us about the Korbanis that should be brought on each Yom Toiv, on each Chag. And regarding Chag HaShvuos, it says there that you bring a Seir Izim and you bring Shiva Kvasim, you bring seven lambs. So Rashi says perhaps the Seir Izim that is mentioned here and the, and the Kvasim that are mentioned here are the same as the ones that are mentioned in Parshish Pinchas. It's not seven and seven, it's seven. They're mentioned here, they're mentioned over there also. Maybe that's what's going on. So Rashi says, However, when you arrive, and you look at the Purim Ve'elim, if you look at the bulls that the Torah specifies here, and the bulls that the Torah talks about in Parshas Pinchas, and you look at the Elim, the rams, that the Torah talks about here, and those that the Torah talks about in Parshas Pinchas, Einonheim, they, they are not them, they are not the same. We'll see in a moment, there's a different number of Purim Ve'elim. It's all about Chagashvuas, but the number of Purim that the Torah uh, requires here is not the same number of parim that the Torah requires in Parshas Pinchas. So we have to conclude, Einon Heim, they're not the same. It's not a contradiction. It means 
that here the Torah is telling us to bring, um, here the Torah is commanding us to bring a par ben bakor echod, it's telling us to bring one bull, and in Parshas Pinchas it's telling us about a different korban, which was two bulls. So it's all together, you would bring three. So we see ein on heim, the korbanis that are being commanded here are not the same ones that are being commanded in Parshas Pinchas. So he says, as far as the Purim and the Elam go, so Amor Me'ata, so save from now, meaning you may now conclude, Elu the Atzman, the Elu the Atzman. All the Korbanis that are stated here are for themselves. That's one set of Korbanis. The Elu the Atzman, and the ones that are stated in Parshas Pinchas, they are for themselves, meaning that's a different set of Korbanis. Even though it says here bring seven lambs, and it says in Parshas Pinchas bring seven lambs, but it's not the same seven lambs. It's seven of these and seven, a different seven lambs. Now, obviously, the, uh, the question that should be arising in our minds is, well, but why two different sets of korbanos for one yomtif? So Rashi says, Elo karvu biglal halechem, these korbanos that are stated here in Parshas Emor, they were brought because of the lechem, they were an accompaniment to the shteya lechem, the elu musafin, and those korbanos which are stated in Parshas Pinchas, those are for Musaf. On every Chag, in addition to the korban Tamid that was brought every single day of the year, there were Musafin, there were additional korbanos in honor of the day. That's a very... Uh, <laughs> perhaps a superficial way of looking at it, but in honor of the day, there were additional korbanais. So that's what's talking, that's what it's talking about in Parshas Pinchas. Let's take a look at Parshas Pinchas before we go any further. In Parshas Pinchas, regarding Hagashvuas, it says, You shall bring an oila, a burnt offering, as a pleasing fragrance to Hashem. What should you bring? Parim b'nei bokar shnayim. You should bring two bulls from the herd. And ayel echod and one ayel, one ram. And shivach vosim b'nei shana and seven uh, lambs that are b'nei shana that are in their first year. I neglected to put here the Pasek. And the Pasek in Parshas Pinchos also says, and you should bring a se'ir lechatos. Now, Rashi's question was, could it be that the seven lambs that are mentioned in Parshas Emor are the same seven lambs that are mentioned here in Parshas Pinchas? And maybe the Sa'ir, the goat for the Chatas, which is mentioned here in Parshas Emor, is the same goat that is mentioned in Parshas Pinchas. But Rashi says, no, it can't be. Because if you look at the Purim, here in Parshas Emra, the Torah tells us to bring one par, but in Parshas Pinchas, it tells us to bring two parim, to bring two of them. And here in Parshas Emra, the Torah tells us to bring two elim, two rams, but in Parshas Pinchas, it says only one ram. So Rashi's conclusion is, these are two different sets of korbanais. One set was Biglal HaLechem. That's what's being spoken about here in Parshas Emor. It's because of and for the sake of the Shtei HaLechem. I mean, we see in the, in the Psukim, it, it is written together with the mitzvah of bringing the Shtei HaLechem. 
that's one set of korbanos. And in Parshish Pinchas, it's an entirely new set, and it is Lemusafin. Those are additional korbanos which are brought because Hagashuas is a, is a special holy day. Just like special korbanos are brought every Shabbos because it's a special holy day, and just like extra korbanos are brought every Sukkot because it's a special holy day, and so on. That's the Rashi. I would like to raise on this Rashi one simple but I think very important question. We've explained many times that Rashi's derek, Rashi's way of doing things, is that he looks at each Pusik for itself. If the Pusik is, is good and sensible and, and doesn't have any particular problems, even though it may perhaps be contradicted by some later Pusik, Rashi will not usually get into that. He will usually wait for the later Pusik to discuss the possible contradiction between them. But if the first Pusik he's looking at is, is fine, he, he doesn't jump the gun and, and discuss what's going on later. Now here, he seems to have broken that rule quite egregiously. The Pusik here tells us that on, on Shavuos, you are to bring the Shtei Alechem, and you are to bring seven Kvasim, and, uh, and one Par, and two Elim, and one Seir for Achatas, and two Kvasim for Ashlamim. Okay, I, I can do that. that that's, that's very good. There's nothing wrong with that. What is Rashi's whole question? His question is, yeah, but it, but it says... Partially, at least, it says the same thing in Parshas Pinchas. Is that something different, or is that just a repetition of what it's saying over here? Let him discuss that in Parshas Pinchas. For the person who's just reading this Pusik, this Pusik is good. This Pusik is, it stands, it's the halacha. You, 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 you are to do exactly what it says here. When we come to Parshas Pinchas, Rashi could have raised the question, Oh, now the Torah is telling us to bring some of the same korbanos. Are they really the same, or is it a, is it something else? So Rashi here seems to have broken his his rule of not discussing issues that only arise because of later psukim. I believe that the key to answering this question lies in the Rashi on pasuk yudches. We we read it quickly. Let us now go back and really take a look at it and think about it. The Pasuk says, You will bring al, could be translated as literally as on the lechem, the following korbanos, the seven lambs, etc., etc. Rashi says, al halechem means biglal halechem, you will bring these korbanos because of the bread, as an obligation connected to the bread. Now, this interpretation of Rashi, that al halechem means biglal halechem, because of the lechem, is, um, is not an obvious interpretation that is beyond uh, question, that is beyond disagreement. In fact, two very important commentators do seem to disagree with it. Rabbeinu Sadia Ga'in, who wrote an Arabic translation of the Torah, which has been back-translated <clears throat> into Hebrew, so that those who don't understand Arabic can see 
some of the novel interpretations that he made. Rabbeinu Sadyagain translates al halechem means im halechem. You shall bring these korbonos with the bread. And in his footsteps followed, I don't know if he, uh, is the Chizkuni. I don't know if the Chizkuni actually saw the translation of Rabbi Sadyagain. Probably not. But <clears throat> he follows the same path. The Chizkuni says, and this is entirely in Hebrew, that the Yikravtim al halechem means im halechem. Now, when you say you shall bring these korbonos im halechem, that's not the same as saying you shall bring them piglalolechem. Piglalolechem means you are to bring these korbonos because of the bread, as an accompaniment to the bread. When you say im halechem, that you shall bring these korbonos with the bread, it could be that they don't have any particularly strong connection to the bread. Maybe they're just being brought together at the same time, on the same day. It's it's a different interpretation. And this interpretation of taking the word al and saying that it really means im is found in Tanakh. Even Rashi, uh, as we'll see in a moment, even Rashi says some places that the word al can mean im. Let's take a look at two psukim. One is in the Navi Yeshaya, where it says, It was in the days of Ahaz, the son of Yeson, the son of Uziyahu, the king of Yehuda. So in the days of the king Ahaz, Allah ritzin melech haram, ufekach ben rimelyahu, melech Yisrael, Yerushalayim. Lamilchamo aleha. There were two enemies who came to attack Yerushalayim. One of them was Ritzin, the king of Aram, a foreign king. And the other one was Fekach ben Remaliyahu, who was the king of Yisrael. In other words, the king of the northern kingdom. At this point, uh, already, uh, Kalal Yisrael had been split into two kingdoms. The, the southern kingdom was, was Yehuda and, uh, and Binyamin, and the rest of the tribes were part of the northern kingdom. So here we actually had a, a civil war. Because uh, Pekach ben Rimalyahu, the king of Yisrael, joined forces with a foreign king, <coughs> Ritzin Melech Aram, and he came to attack Yerushalayim, which was under the control of Ochaz, the king of Yehuda. However, the Pasuk says, V'lo uh, He was not able to fight against it. They were not able to, to conquer it. Pasuk base. But you got the Vez David Lemor, and it was told to Beis David, meaning to the to the house of, of Ahaz, who was a descendant of David, it was told to him, saying as follows Nocha Aram Al Ephraim. Aram has encamped Al Ephraim. We'll see in a minute what does that mean, Al Ephraim. Vayona Livavoy, and so therefore the his heart moved, his heart shook, the heart of Ahaz, he got very nervous. And the heart of his nation, the way that trees of the forest will move and shake because of the wind. Now what does it mean, it doesn't, it, it can't mean that Aram encamped and attacked, they set up camp in order to attack upon Ephraim, 
because they were together with Ephraim, as the first Pasuk says. Ephraim is the northern kingdom. They're referred to as Ephraim because the most dominant of those tribes was the tribe of Ephraim. So what does it mean that Nachom encamped Al-Ephraim? So Rashi says, Nishaber Melech Aram Al-Melech Yisrael. Melech Aram came together upon Melech Yisrael. In other words, they joined forces. Lavo Alecha, to come upon you in war against you, Achaz. So what does the word Al really mean over here? It's like Im, or it's Nishaber Al, joined upon. If I glue this piece of paper to that piece of paper, so I'm gluing this piece of paper onto that one. But it really means with. And perhaps even a better proof, a more obvious usage, is in in the prophet Yirmiyah. Here is a, uh, Yirmiyah is known as a very uh, dark safer. Yirmiyah is known as the, the prophet of destruction. But here is a very uh, encouraging Pusik where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling the Navi that... Uh, Ultimately, things will, will get better. It says, By Yamimahema, in those days, meaning sometime in the future, Yelchu Beis Yehuda al Beis Yisrael. Beis Yehuda will go al Beis Yisrael, meaning these two kingdoms, the house of Yehuda, the house of Yisrael. So Beis Yehuda will go al the Beis Yisrael, via Voyu Yachtov Me'eret Safain, and they will come together from the northern land where they had been in exile, and they will come to the land that I have given as an inheritance to the forefathers. So ultimately, the two kingdoms will get together again, they'll be friends again, they'll be brothers again, and they will come back to Eretz Yisrael. What does it mean, Yelchu Beis Yehuda Al Beis Yisrael? Says Rashi, Imam Yishabru, together with them they will join. Vietoisfu alehem, and they will be they will be added upon them, Liyois Mamlacha Achas to be one kingdom. So here we have clearly the word al, Rashi himself says it means im. So going back to our Posik, Vihikravtem Al Halechem, one could have said that it means you will bring as a korban with the bread the following animals. But Rashi, and I'm not 100% sure why, but Rashi didn't understand it that way. He understood, that the word al means biglal. You will bring because of the bread. Now, Rashi knew, he had to know, that this is, again, this is not an obvious, uh, irrefutable uh, explanation. So he wanted to strengthen his point. How does he strengthen his point? He strengthens his point in the next when he's discussing the next Pasuk, where it says that you will bring a Seir Izim. So the Pasuk has now already said that you will bring seven Kavasim and you will bring a Seir Izim. Rashi here is quoting the, the Midrash, which, which raises the question, are these the same seven Kavasim and the same Seir which are stated in Chumash HaPakudim, in Sefer B'Midbar, in Parshas Pinchas. And the Midrash tells us, no, they're really not the same. And we can prove it, because here it talks about one quantity of parim, and over there it talks about a different quantity, and here it talks about one quantity of elim, but there it talks about a different quantity of elim. And therefore, says Rashi, these are really two different sets of korbanos, 
Edel de Asmon, the Edel de Asmon. These are for themselves and these are for themselves. They're two separate sets. And why two different sets? Edel Karvu Biglal Halechem. These were brought because of the bread, and these were brought simply as Musafin. This, these last few words in the Rashi, they prove his point that he made on the previous Pasuk. Because here we have to come to the conclusion that the Korbanis that are mentioned here were not merely brought on the same day that the Lechem was brought. No, they were brought Biglal HaLechem. They were brought because of the bread. Whereas other Korbanis were brought on that same day, but those are different Korbanis, and they were for a different purpose. They were for Musafim. This is, I think, a, a, a very classic case where Rashi breaks one of his rules because he is coming to answer a question he has on himself. This I've explained many times. When Rashi wants to support something that he himself has said, he will bring in questions from later psukim, and he will begin to discuss Tameh HaMitzvahs, which he normally does not discuss, and he will start to bring in halachas from different places, which are not uh, explicit in the Pasuk, which is not usually his way. But when it's in order to, to strengthen and to clarify what he himself has said, he will, he will do this. Here he began with a statement that Al Halechem means Biglal Halechem. In order to fortify that, he brought in this Midrash, which discusses the difference between these Korbanas here and the Korbanas in Parshas Pinchas, and which concludes similar to Rashi, that these korbanas are biglal halechem. They're not just with the bread on the same day, but they are biglal halechem. There are other korbanas that just happen to be brought on that, that same day, but those are different korbanas. What we see here is that different korbanas serve different functions. Uh, that's not, that, that really should be obvious, but I think many times uh, when we read about a particular, uh, let's say, a particular Chag, and the Torah says, bring, bring Korbanos, A, B, C, D. Um, I think a lot of us, myself included, we just kind of, we just kind of accept it. We, we don't really think much about, well, what, are the, what, are, what function do the, do the Purim serve? What function do the Elim serve? Um, it, it, it's not an easy question. The Torah is not uh, very uh, forthcoming about that. And we, we tend to just say, well, the Torah says bring A, B, C, D. What are they, what, what, why each one, what, what, what function do they serve? We tend not to think about that. Here uh, we have uh, Rashi is telling us, at least in a, in a general way, that on Chagashvois there were two sets of korbanes. Each set consisted of the same types of animals. There were um, kvasim and parim and elim, and, and a sawyer, each one had those same animals, slight difference in the numbers, but he's saying they are two separate entities. The one set of korbanis is biglal halechem, it was because of an, an obligation that, that accompanied the shtei halechem, and the other set was called korban musafin. This, this point that, that the different korbanis have different different purposes and different roles is expanded upon here by the Nitziv, by Rabbi Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, Zechreinah Levracha. He explains here that the Kvasim, 
We're talking now about this parsha here, that the kvosim that were brought, uh, al halechem on Chagashuais, did not have the same purpose as the par and the elam. He begins with a with a series of questions, uh, what he calls diukim. These are small uh, looks at the very detail, at the very uh, small details at the psukim that are a little bit difficult to understand. First of all, we see in this uh, in this parsha here, pasuk yodches, that the Torah talks about bringing kavosim and a par and elam. The Nitziv points out that everywhere else in the Torah, for example in Parshas Pinchas and other places, when the Torah wants us to bring um, lambs and bulls and goats, it always puts the bulls first. It always puts the parim first. Well, we could understand that because the bulls are the biggest, the biggest animal. That's the biggest korban, the most important in some way. But here, uniquely, the Torah says that you shall bring Shivas Kvosim, you shall bring seven lambs, and then it mentions the par, you'll bring one par ben bakar, and elim shnayim. So that's one question. Why does the Torah put the kvasim first here? A second question the Nitziv raises is that the word tamimim, meaning without blemish, the Torah wrote here only in reference to the kvasim. It says shivas kvasim tamimim. Seven kvasim that are unblemished. The par ben bakar, the elim shnayim, it does not say that they have to be tamimim. Now, he says the halacha is clear that every korban has to be tamim. He's not suggesting that uh, the par and the isle could have a blemish, could have a mum, and still be kosher. But still, he questions why the Torah would only write the word tamimim by the kvasim. And the third question that he raises is that the, the Torah uh, uses an unusual phrase here to tell us that the par ben bakar and the elim need to be, are brought as a korban oila. It says, ufar ben bakar echod ve'elim shnayim yiyu oila. They shall be an oila. The word yiyu is a little, doesn't seem to be totally necessary. Could have just said, Ufar ben Bakr, ve'elim shnayim, oila. If you look in other places where the korban tells us to bring an animal as a korban oila, it doesn't always say, yihiye or yihiyu, oila. It just says, bring this animal, oila. So that's the Nitziv's third question. And the Nitziv answers as follows. And he tells us here uh, some fundamental principles about the, the shtei halechem that were brought on Chagashvois. He says the purpose of the Shtei HaLechem, the primary purpose of, of that Korban was Lahavi Bracha Bekotsir, to bring a blessing into the harvest, into the wheat harvest of that year. The wheat in Eretz Israel is harvested in the it's harvested in the period after Pesach, before Shvois. By Shvois time essentially the wheat harvest is over. And the Torah commands us then to take from the first wheat before eating or before even bringing as a korban any wheat. You must cut some wheat, especially for this korban shtei alechem. Uh, you actually don't have to cut it special, but you must take from the, from the first wheat crop and 
you bring it as a special korban, shtei alechem. And again, the purpose is so that we'll bring this korban and Hashem will bless our new wheat crop. The purpose of the kvasim, explains the Nesiv, the purpose of the lambs that were brought also was to promote parnasa, was to, that Hashem should give a blessing and feed us and, 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 and provide for us, parnasa. He says this is similar to the Shnei Kivsei Tamid, that every day and every afternoon we, we brought the Korban Tamid, which was Keves Echad Baboker and Keves Echad Bein Harabayim. Uh, one, one lamb in the morning and one lamb in the afternoon. He says that, he doesn't really explain himself, but he says that Kvasim, something about a Keves, makes a good Korban if what you're looking for is Parnasa. So the perp, again, the purpose of the Shteyalechem and of the Kvasim is primarily to beseech Hashem for Parnasa. However, the purpose of the Par and the Elim, of the bull and the rams, he says, is Doiroin Vishas Havoyas HaKvasim Balechem. It is a Doiron. It is a gift to Hashem at the time that you're bringing the Kvasim and the Lechem. The, the lechem and the kvasim, you're asking Hashem, please bless us, please give us sustenance. The par, par and the elim, you're not asking, you're, you're giving a gift. I mean, the lahavdil, it's like you, uh, you go to a king to ask a favor, you give him a gift, and then you say, please, king, could you forgive me? I know I did a crime, but please don't kill me. Those are gifts. They're not specifically for a purpose of bringing about any desired result, but they are a gift to the king. Therefore, explains the Nitziv, based on this split between the purpose of the Shteyalechem and the Elim, so he says as follows. First of all, here the Torah puts the Kfasim before the other Korbanas, before the Par and the Elim, which is unusual. But why does it do it? Because the Kfasim here are really the Ikar, because what do we really want here? We want Parnasa. That's why we're bringing the Shteyalechem. And the Kvasim also are a way of asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Parnasa. They are very strongly and tightly bound to the Lechem. As Rashi says, Beglal HaLechem. They were brought because of the Lechem. So since they serve the same purpose as the Lechem, which, which was the real star of this show, so they are put first. The Kvasim are mentioned First, the reason that the Torah emphasizes and uses this unusual phrase, Yihiyu Oila, that the par and the elim, Yihiyu Oila, they shall be in Oila, that says the Nesiv, is to distinguish them from the Kvasim. Because the Kvasim serve one purpose, but the par and the elim, Yihiyu Oila. And Oila is always a Doroin, and Korban Oila is never really for asking for anything, and it's never really for forgiveness in a, mo- in a direct sense. Korban Oila, as explained by Ranban and others in the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, is primarily a gift to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here the Torah emphasizes that, Yiu Oila, in order to make the distinction that these, this par and elim are for an Oila, 
but the shi- they are for a doyroin, they are a gift, but the shivas akvasim served a different purpose. And finally, he explains why the Torah wrote the word tamimim here only regarding the kvasim, even though, of course, the power in the aisle had to be tamimim, they had to be without blemish, but he, he writes as follows, kvasim tamimim, the Torah writes, uh, here he says, the Torah writes that the kvasim have to be tamimim, because bechol shemeferish bay ha'ashara, ashara'soy chazaka mimokim she'ena meferish. Any place where the Torah writes a warning explicitly, that makes that warning stronger than in another place where the, where the warning is not written explicitly. In other words, even though in halacha, the kfasim have to be without a blemish, and the par and the elim also have to be without a blemish. But that is true in halacha the maisa. But, in, but still, the Torah wrote the word tmimim only by the kvasim, because here the kvasim are really the more central korban. And here the Nitziv teaches us a very important point, which can be used to help us explain many, many different psukim and many, many different comments by Rashi and other mefarshim, that where the Torah writes something is important, even though the halacha might be the same somewhere else, or even though a certain fact might be the same somewhere else, but where the Torah chooses to write it that, that is telling you something special about that item. If the Torah tells us that, uh, that um, Avram Avinu was, was Yashkem Baboker, that he, that he got up early one morning in order to do a mitzvah, even though we can assume uh, Yaakov Avinu didn't uh, sleep late every morning either, but still there's, some, there's something to be learned by the fact that the Torah says it about Avram, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know at the moment what that something special is. But where the Torah writes something, that is significant, even though the same thing might be true about some other place where the Torah does not write it explicitly.